0: Hello and welcome. Today is May the 3rd, 2021. This is the Friendship News Hour presented to you by Bummer Dude Media. My name is Frank Huerta. I am joined, as always,
1: by Alex Kenzie. Hello, sir. Hello, sir. I cannot believe it's May already, man. We've been doing this almost for a month now. Yeah, it's wild. (laughs) Um, How was your weekend? Pretty good, man. We had pretty solid weather out here in Illinois, so we uh, we were outside a bunch, got some tennis in, uh, went to a farmer's market, which was actually really cool. Love a farmer's market. Yeah, dude. I got uh lemon pepper fettuccine that was banging. Uh, mm. So so yeah, just, just a good uh, family weekend. Hung out and uh, relaxed, really. How about you?
0: Yeah, it was a fun weekend. Um, didn't do a whole lot. I got my... Second COVID shot on Thursday kind of took me out on Friday, uh, chilled Friday and then Saturday um, just relaxed. You know, we recorded a couple of uh, book reviews, um, chilled out the next day I played, I played golf in the worst weather. (laughs) It was like 60 degrees and sprinkling and windy. Like 10, 10 mile per hour wind. So, not ideal conditions for golf, but
1: you should see some courses. of the conditions me and Zach play in, man. That's that's ideal yeah. <laughs> compared yeah. to us, man. We were out there in 20 degree weather, freezing our asses off. <laughs> yeah.
0: Not used to anything like that out here. And uh, it really, you know, it wouldn't be terrible if it wasn't for the damn wind. Yeah. It's that wind kills you.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Get going so, on the cart.
0: Uh, overall, good weekend glad to start a new week and um you know gosh dang it i didn't want to start the week like this with serious story doom and gloom mm. kind of nonsense mm. but uh there there were some things go on going on over over the weekend that i feel like i got to touch on and damn it it's, it's worth knowing um there was a uh, annual video... Uh, well, it used to be an annual conference. Now it's an annual video conference uh, with Berkshire Hathaway, which is the company that um, Warren Buffett owns. He's CEO of. And the big news to come out of that is that there's going to be a replacement for Warren Buffett. Um, and I don't even know who it is. It's, it's not important. W- what's important here is Warren Buffett touched on the current inflation that we're seeing in the United States. Uh, If you don't know, inflation is just a general rise in the price level of an economy, right? It doesn't mean that one thing is more expensive than another thing. It means that all things are gradually a little bit more expensive. And really what it means for you is that you have less purchasing power with $1. And uh, we normally see about a 2% inflation rate every year that's normal you usually have the right to argue a raise for about 2% every year with your boss because of inflation because it's just a thing but we haven't had a normal last year year and a half and we're seeing very substantial inflation and it matters because what we're seeing is an economy that got grinded to a halt, got brought right down to her knees and threw a wrench in the entire global supply chain. And it is a global supply chain. It's a supply chain that reaches every corner of the earth. And when it's disrupted as it was with something like coronavirus, there's no telling on when it's going to get back onto its knees. And what you have is something that we've never had before. And that is the highest percentage of government transfer payments in the form of stimulus checks as a percentage of total income. And right now after the last stimulus checks, it's about 34% on average for us household income. Now, why does that matter? That matters because there is now record Savings in the United States. Record savings. People have more money now than ever before, and they were not spending it for the past year. Now the economy is opening back up, and we can spend this money. Except we don't have the raw goods, the materials, and the sources to build the goods that people want to buy. And when you don't have enough goods and enough resources to build what you want to build, Then you raise the prices on them because the demand goes higher and that's just what happens And when people begin to pay the high prices because they have the savings to pay the high prices The high prices don't go back down They continue to go up and All of the highest Excuse me all of the the highest cabinet members in the current administration are playing this down. They're saying it's not a substantial issue. It's interesting, but it's not this huge deal. And the reason they're saying that is because they're trying to influx the economy with way more money to get through the policy that they want to get through. And that's dangerous because the more money you put in to an economy that can't handle the demand that's currently there, you build inflation. And so it's a situation that we've already seen taking place. It's already has roots here. And the fear is, and what Warren Buffett was worrying about this weekend is that current policy decisions on an already red hot economy are going to overheat this thing to the point we can't take it. And we're going to experience a giant wave of inflation likes of which that we haven't seen since around the 1970s. And, um, so it's really something we got to watch out for, and um, yeah, that's what I wanted to explain to you all. Yeah, so there's there's an issue going on here.
1: Yeah, I'm I'm living through it right now, man. As a my day job is a manufacturer's rep, and we rep fifteen some companies and uh, audio companies, AV companies, and a bunch of them are are raising their prices all within the last three weeks or so, man. And they're not like, hey, effective this date. We will be changing our prices, just so you know. So you know, get those orders in now. Da, da, da. It's effective. Yesterday, we're changing our prices. We need you to reconfirm all your old POs, even if they're from six months ago, because this is the price now. Uh, woods up, metals up, all microchips, all these chips that like basically make cars and fridges and any audio gear like work and function and think. Uh, they're all up, although there's a huge shortage everywhere and. Uh, at least in my industry, I'm seeing this across the board. And I can only guess from what you're telling me that it's happening everywhere.
0: Yeah. I mean, I work in distribution for a retail fueling company. So we, you know, we essentially build gas stations. And the fiberglass tanks that you need to put it underground at a gas station, um, you know, a normal week, leak time there is about 12 weeks, right? Mm-hmm. That's actually high, that four months or three months, excuse me. That's actually kind of high. Um If I were to put in an order today for a fiberglass tank, I wouldn't see that until November, December. Mm. Wow. Um, And that's because the global supply chain is in in, in a chokehold. Yeah. And in this particular case, there was a batch of resin that went bad. So when your supply chain is on a chokehold, and then the only supply that you can get is tainted is not going to work. Well, then you have a backlog of work that you can't get through because you don't have the resources to do so, but there's no less people wanting to purchase goods. You you know, if you were to see this phenomenon take place when we're in an unmanufactured recession, right. Mm -hmm. Then it's probably not as worrisome. But when you have so many people with the ability to buy all the goods that they want and they have more money than they've ever had, then they're going to buy it at the price that that's being asked for.
1: Was Mr. Buffett saying that we're seeing inflation as a result of like the past year and now there's all these shortages or more because of like the current administration and their plan forward?
0: No, I think what his his warning is that the inflation is here uh-huh. You need to watch what your policy does because of these circumstances, right? So gotcha. um, if you work in any sort of construction, you know that lumber prices are at a ridiculous rate right now, very, very high. Mm-hmm. Um, estimates that the current shortage in lumber and the price thereof adds about $36,000 to the price of a new home to build. <laughs> okay, so that's one example. <laughs> oh, there are shortages of steel as well. So you have these shortages and you have the demand, right? The, the demand is very, very high, and your ability to build is very, very low. Mm-hmm. So you can't meet that demand. Price is in the middle, and the price is going to go up with demand. And what he's saying is, hey, this is happening right now. We know this is going on. We see it in almost every industry and market in the world. You're proposing trillions of dollars of government spending. You, you know, are essentially trying to make the contract between the government and, you know, and, the, and the people that the government is now the main driver of our economy. And so sure. you are going to dump a ton of money into this economy, which is already revved up as high as it can go. And that is dangerous. And you need to start saying it's dangerous because this is basic economic principles, we know what happens when this happens and everybody's downplaying it. Janet Yellen is the one that's kind of leading the initiative to, to basically t- tell people that, you know, Hey, we see inflation going on, but I don't believe it's this giant issue. Right. And she used to be the, the, the head of the federal reserve I actually met Janet Yellen in a conference at Cleveland in 2017 very small woman, um, but super, super uh, bright, very smart. She talked with us for a little bit and uh, she's not reading the writing on the wall. At least publicly, she's not saying so. Mm-hmm. She's saying we have the tools to address the issues if they arise to a point that, that brings us worry, um, which is kind of a scary thing because then basically you're, she's playing with fire She's saying, "No, oh, this may happen, but we have things to combat it. And I think the, bu- the point of Warren Buffett is like, hey, maybe we shouldn't even let it get to that point, because why? What's the-? And we know the reason why. The reason why is because this administration has two years to do everything that they want to do, and they're going to try and get everything jammed through as quickly as possible. Uh, so just something to look out for. When you see yeah. prices continue to rise um, and these uh, policy measures, if and when they pass, um, you know, look out for inflation. Look out for what it's going to do.
1: And could that inflation lead to a collapse? Perhaps, like a no, Well, a economic collapse, or just things are more expensive.
0: Possibly, it it wouldn't be, it wouldn't be like the straw that broke the camel's back per se. But it would be, it would be a event in the chain of events that led to something like that. Because sure. when you're talking about when you're talking about quote unquote tools to address inflation um then what what you're trying to do again is you're allowing the government to create measures to manipulate the economy Mm -hmm. and that may or may not put undue stress on the current the current debt situation right if you just bought a home in the past year because you had low rates and then all of a sudden we need to raise rates because we need to cool the economy down quite a bit well then you know that puts a another peg
1: in the spokes i mean a mortgage rate's a fixed rate usually as far as like when you buy a home it's not like my mortgage rate's going to increase
0: no no but the so when you increase the rate the federal rate what you're doing is you're increasing the rate at which your bank loans money or lends money. Sure. And so then they are going to, you know, it's a, it's like a, it's a trickle down effect. Basically you're making money harder to come by. Um, so, um, you know, I never lived, I I obviously wasn't around during the seventies, but the fear is that the event of inflation that happened in the seventies that, like I said, I wasn't here, but, but, it's theorized to have come because of, you know, large government spending in the form of um, entitlements in the '60s, um, led to inflation in the '70s, which was p- pretty bad. And so that's the fear, mm-hmm. and uh, it just seems to be heading direct line towards that towards that end. So we'll, we'll keep you updated on that and yeah, for sure. where it goes and, and what happens as policy starts to drop.
1: Can I tell you something about space? I'd love to hear something about space. <laughs> All right, cool. I'm a space nerd, so I'm sure I'll be coming with a, a, information like this quite often. You ever um, been? Never been to You're space, man. Yeah, I'm sure. I'd love to. That'd be badass, man. They're saying like it's going to be feasible in our lifetime. I'm sure it's going to be a shit ton of money, but it's feasible in our lifetime to take trips. I think uh, Elon's already working on it, actually um but actually so uh, what i wanted to bring up is that for the very first time scientists have been able to precisely map the flight path of an asteroid and trace it back to its exact origin uh which is really cool because like we we know a lot about you know our immediate uh, planetary system and you know at least like the planets that's around the sun um but it, Things like this can kind of give us some details into, you know, millions and billions of years ago and really expand the story that it, that is the world, not even the human story, but, you know, the, the universe. So we can trace an
0: asteroid back to its origin is what, what their claim is?
1: Yes. The asteroid's name is 2018 L.A. And according to eyewitness accounts, it appeared like a fireball in the sky on June 2nd, 2018 before breaking apart and crashing into the Kalahari Wildlife Preserve, middle of Africa. So uh, prior to breaking up in the atmosphere, uh, it was determined that the asteroid was about five to six feet in diameter, not very huge, um, but weighed about 12,500 pounds and had been traveling at a speed of 37,000 plus miles per hour. Um and just just for you, not space nerds out there, it is an asteroid as it moves and travels through space. When it would hit any kind of atmosphere and then like break up, that is when it becomes like a meteorite, and that's those smaller pieces are meteorites. Um, so from this asteroid that then broke up uh, and crashed into the Kalahari, uh, the biggest piece that they've been able to find uh, only weighed in at like 3.2 ounces. Um, but this took them months. They combed this this preserve, uh, and are, they're looking for these tiny, tiny little rocks that obviously like don't belong in this climate. And uh, they had to be guarded all the, the whole time. All these scientists that were here um, by like armed. I don't know if they were. I mean, I don't know how it works in Africa as far as states, country, like whatever. But they were escorted by armed guards through this Kalahari, this, this wildlife preserve that has lions, zebras, you know, cheetahs, like all kinds of animals that could kill them at any minute. And they're out there looking for these little tiny ass pebbles. So that, that, that alone, like those, those people are pretty brave, honestly. Yeah, that's pretty crazy. But So how did they trace it? Uh, so very interestingly enough, they, uh, used a couple of different techniques, but, The main one is that they analyzed sound waves from the fireball as it crossed into our atmosphere. And they then compared this to the data collected from the Catalina Sky Survey, as well as the SkyMapper Telescope in South Wales. Uh, And they used all of this. What that program is, SkyMapper, it's a research facility. With a 1.3 meter telescope that records basically like a high fidelity digital record of the skies, so kind of always rolling. And the like the goal of the project is to create like a deep, multicolor digital survey of like that entire portion of the sky that this telescope can capture, um, just so they can kind of just see how how if anything changes or you know just kind of what's going on up there, and you know you can always catch comets meteoroids. Um all, all kinds of things um, so they're they're finding new like dwarf galaxies in orbit around the Milky Way and and measuring the effects of like dark energy in the universe uh, through like supernovas. really cool stuff, much above my head. Um, but basically they used all this data and, and uh, brought it together and um this is how they how they determined where it came from. and what they found is that this uh, this asteroid. Um, had come from the second largest asteroid in our solar system that we found called Vesta. Uh, it's the only one bright enough to like sometimes actually be visible from the human eye from, from here on earth. So
0: it's just a big, it's just a big ass rock floating in there floating in, in this solar system.
1: It's located in like the inner part of an asteroid belt, which is between Mars and Jupiter. Okay. Um, and and so the v- Vesta and a bunch of other debris meteoroid, I mean, they're just debris really because it's there in an asteroid field floating, has been there for a long 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 time. Um, where they have traced this exact meteorite back to is from the Vesta. I think it's Venetia Basin. I, I, I'm not really sure how to say the word. It's V E N E N E I A. Uh, but it, basically this. This meteorite came from that basin, which is a large, large crater on that asteroid, and it's estimated that that imp- the impact that caused this to separate from Vesta happened 4.5 billion years ago, close to the when, when the Big Bang happened. Shortly thereafter, and this this smaller uh, asteroid, uh, La 2018, was it, within that. Belt in within that asteroid field for quite a while, um, but according to their research, about 22 million years ago, because of another uh, collision between different materials asteroids up there, it began heading our way, and that's that's what they found with like I told you the sound waves and, and these different these different images that they've compared and and, and traced it right to. Us.
0: So there's a bi- a billion year old asteroid that touched down in
1: Africa. Four point five billion year old. Four point five billion year old asteroid. Yes. That touched down in Africa this year. Uh this happened back in 2018, but they're now like assembling all of the data that I kind of just brought to you, and able to for the first time put together like this the flight path of this this asteroid as it came yeah. to.
0: I call bullshit on all of it. Yeah. Sounds like a, sounds like a bunch of malarkey, a bunch of hocus pocus. Really?
1: How, how, how are they
0: can trace it back for 4.6 billion years? That makes zero sense. I'm probably just too much of an idiot to even understand what, what that science would even entail. So therefore I'm saying, fuck you. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not, I'm not involved in this one bit or another. I, I just, I, I can't wrap my head around that at all.
1: How, I, how, the, how do you, like, how do you place it? I mean, I, I'm, I'm assuming it's carbon dating from no the like, material uh, well, that's that's there and and you can date that back easily like how do you place it how do you
0: you took it from here and you traced its roots all the way for four something odd billion
1: years ago well yeah because it's it's an asteroid yeah. traveling through the sky so you can see its movement how fast it's moving they can gauge that speed from where like the origin would be and and the second biggest asteroid in our solar system is obviously probably pretty damn visible if it's visible to the naked eye on some nights.
0: Yeah. I just would love, I just would rather claim ignorance. <laughs> I don't even want to understand it. I, I don't want to take them at their word because that's just such a big thing to say. But I also realize that I am an idiot and I'll never be able to understand unless I really sat down and actually try to, because I heard what you just said right now, but it still didn't make any sense to me. Uh, <laughs> it's like, yeah, I hear what you're saying, but Why? Why can they do how can they do that? Where where is it? I don't know. Maybe it's just like their best estimate guesstimate.
1: I would say so, but I mean they're what they've done is they've found the matter that is made up in these meteorites that they found. They have already tested other chunks that have come from Vesta. They know it's the exact same materials and it dates back to the four point five billion years ago, right after the Big Bang. So like it's pretty that's pretty concrete evidence to know like this is the same material It dates to the exact same date range. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's pretty straightforward if you, if you believe in carbon dating, um, which is like the best science we have to date anything. Um, It's, it's pretty believable to be honest with you. And then you compare it with uh, using the speed that it entered our atmosphere and relative to the imagery of, of it traveling from one, you know, one spot to another over the course of, probably months of data that they're looking at years even
0: well um, I believe you believe <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't I don't, don't want to throw I don't want to throw water on you or throw a wet towel on you on, you, on your story no I just man. I hate these stories because um, it's just too big of a thing for me to fathom and there's like a what, certain the point universe where I'm reading it and I just kind of go like eh, eh. my brain just kind of like hits like a skid in the road and it's like yeah, let's turn back What's too big? The universe or the thought of yeah, like the number like a four point six billion year old like like asteroid.
1: Like, oh, what? why is that unbelievable to you? I though?
0: just I, I, well, I, like obviously it exists and they found it. Mm-hmm. It's just that I don't know that number. Like, like I don't, don't you ever get that way when you when you get to numbers that big and you're just like, oof. I
1: no, I fucking if, I love I it, think man. About it, that. I love it because it gives us like a real glimpse of like more than likely what our history is and it's not just a dude up in the sky was like boom people up in this bitch they dare now it, it, it's it's more you actually can see like we started as microorganisms floating on a big globe of water that over time evolved into these different bigger organisms that needed a mouth to eat and blah, blah, blah. And we kept growing and growing. We became monkeys. And then those monkeys became homo sapiens. And you could see like a real timeline of like what all this is. That's like much more, uh, concrete in its evidence than referring to, uh, to text of a book that dates all of this back four to 10,000 years ago. If you believe in creationism, uh, which is, I mean, many thousands, millions, billions of years off from what the scientists of today are showing you. So I, to me, it's super interesting because I think it gives us like actual history and explanation to all, everything. You draw that out of an asteroid, huh? Well, I mean, just yeah. out of space in general and, and out of carbon dating and all these things. I, I, that's why I'm so into it, though, because I think there's so much more to the story that we have yet to learn than what has perhaps been explained in book or other books?
0: Well, we could talk all day about what we do believe and don't believe, but here's what I do not believe. And I certainly don't see how anybody else could either. And that's white castle.
1: (laughs) You like white castle. If I'm pretty drunk, it's, it ain't, it's not the worst thing in the world, but I don't think I would soberly ever stop at a white castle. No.
0: So I, I watched the movie Harold and Kumar go to white castle when I was in high in high school. And there are no white castles out in, in Southern California where I live. Ah. I don't even know if they're out West at all, but hmm. they're not out here. And when I moved to Ohio in August of 2009 and my mom picked me up from the airport, she had er- arrived a little earlier than me. And we drove out of the airport. The very first thing we did was go to a White Castle because I saw one and I wanted to try it.
1: Oh, geez.
0: And we got White Castle burgers <laughs> and it was the grossest thing that I've ever eaten. And I couldn't believe (laughs) That it was a thing And I couldn't believe that An entire movie was made (laughs) Around White Castle (laughs) So you would understand my astonishment today When I look on Twitter And there is a one mile long Four hour long Line to get into A brand new White Castle in Florida Let me see if I can pull Mm. this up dude, And share My screen here that is. It is worth a watch. I don't know. I can't tell you one thing that I would wait in that line for, but it's <laughs> certainly
1: it's not in and out. No way. It's oh my god, dude! There is something delicious though about those onions that have been cooking all day for probably like that eight sucks. hours. Just that's what the whole on the grill. grill tastes like. All right, here's <laughs> the video. <laughs> just old onions. Oh, so my it's somebody god. driving
0: on the opposite end of a of a freeway. And they're recording car after, car after car after car after car after car after car, intersection, stoplight, car, 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 car,
1: car, Bro, car. Oh, it is not that and it's serious. Still going, and it's, still going, and it's still going
0: and it's still going and it's still going and it's still going and it stops. Twenty four seconds. And this person's probably driving at like fifty miles an hour. Wow. Just going <laughs> and seeing all these cars line up for why I don't understand it no
1: boggles my mind bucko no (laughs) I I can't defend that I can't argue that with you at all that is it's it's disgusting It's there's so many better options out there um yeah it's pretty awful I don't Um, know what Florida thinks they're missing out on but they are fools for waiting in that line
0: but I understand it if you've never had it and nobody's told you about it I don't know. I'd wait in line, but I would be excited because I would want to try White Castle. That's, sure. that's exactly what I did. It was Columbus, Ohio, somewhere near the airport, had a White Castle, and uh, I never ate it again.
1: Yeah, that's like the worst welcome ever to Ohio, the Midwest, any of that. That's We've got much more to offer, Frank. Not much more. There's other <laughs> things. My hey, first of the mo- fast food tester. Uh, Toledo, Ohio is like the fast food tester city of the world you can find damn near anything you want in that city it's glorious
0: in the realms of fast food <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. yes it's <laughs> there on every we had corner. the loco taco the doritos loco taco like two years before that shit hit mainstream
0: our first remarks my mom and myself when we got to ohio were wow white castle sucks <laughs> and wow everyone's so white
1: <laughs> <laughs> maybe that's why they call white castle who knows <laughs>
0: It was a shock, man. When you come from, I mean, you were just in San Diego. There's brand people abound. Yeah, 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 well. A little different in Ohio. Yeah, man. It was gross. White Castle. And I hope everybody who got it today in Florida and waited in that line is disappointed. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Update on India. We talked about them last week. And... uh, kind of let you guys know that it wasn't doing so hot and the situation has gotten much, much worse in India. Yeah. Um, if I'm looking at these numbers correctly here, they had another 3,200 people die on, on Sunday and another 295, almost 300,000 new cases in India. Um, oh my gosh, no, I'm sorry, uh, almost 400,000 new cases. And to be honest with you, I don't even know that those numbers really mean much because there's so many other people who aren't getting the medical care they need because there literally is no room. And um, so it's very dire. It looks like in India right now and things are not going well. Gosh, man. And I'll, all I can think about is how quickly this could have happened in the United States had we not gotten this vaccine rolled out. Sure. Um you know these these new these new variants, and I think it's the u k one that's making things go haywire in india um it's really really doing its thing and i, I can't help but imagine got yeah, like a month or two later and we don't have this vaccine I and mean, we could be seeing the same things here man easily um they just put a no no travel put India on the no travel list so nobody can travel to India.
1: Imagine it though, because here, yes, yeah, for sure it could have been crazy, but they have damn near three times our population and a way shittier healthcare system though. So I I can't even imagine what it's like there.
0: uh, I I hadn't been following, God barely been following America during the the coronavirus. I was so damn sick and tired of hearing it, but I think that there was some sort of complacency over there um, that allowed for everybody to be caught off guard like this. Um, cause it, it wasn't great, but it wasn't this, it wasn't, you know, enough for us to put restrictions on travel from India. And, um, I think New Zealand is like, is like threatening jail time. If, people try to come into their country from India. Wow. So people, I mean, people are taking it really seriously. And like I said, there there was some complacency. A lot of people didn't wear masks and didn't take any safety precautions. And um, the government allowed a bunch of rallies, a bunch of festivals. And, you know, I, I, I've always been a little bit more bearish on the restrictions that coronavirus has caused everybody. I don't, if you're vaccinated, obviously like you're good, you can probably not wear a mask, but I don't know that I'm also comfortable with full capacity indoor events or giant, large festivals or things like that. I mean, I think, I think, although you could probably get away with it in America right now, it's probably too early to go on and take the risks. Um, So I don't know if there's some sort of happy medium that we need to strike, but it's, you know, it, it should be, it should be a slight wake up call to everybody. It's like, Hey, it's not, it's not really over. If you're vaccinated, great. You're probably good. If you're not vaccinated, you should probably ask why. And if you have good health reasons for it then you know, more power to you. But, um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's a somber, it's a somber situation right now in India for sure.
1: Yeah, definitely. It's scary, man. Just it, it, I still just get frustrated on our front. It's it's wondering when this all, all these restrictions are going to start to lift even more though. Um, like the these days, to me, it it almost seems like if you have two, if you have both vaccinations, or you got the Johnson and Johnson, you have one. You're vaccinated. I, I understand that they're still not sure. How much you can spread it at this point, but to me at this point, it almost feels like the masks are theater. If if you're if you're dual vaccinated, it almost it's it's like you're trying to make other people feel safe, as opposed to really doing any good.
0: Right. So I mean, like the chances of you ca- contracting it are minuscule. I mean, uh, um, marginal to the point where it's not even worth discussing. I think th- there was like, and it was it was freaking Anthony Fauci the one that was saying this, and it's like why would you even say this. It's, saying like you could theoretically get the virus in like your nose and wipe your nose or pick your nose or something and then put it on a surface or put it on somebody. It's like, Oh my God. Like, okay, guy, like I get the point of safety We're pretty much reaching at straws when we're talking about that kind of nonsense. Um, but yeah, it is, it's, it's, if you, yeah, certainly if you're vaccinated, I mean, you're good. You're like, you're, you're not, you are not in any measurable danger. Um, if you're healthy and young, you know, Joe Rogan got in a lot of, <laughs> a lot of hot water about this. And he even said, he, he goes, I'm not a doctor. I'm not even a good source of information for myself. <laughs> Duh, of course, he's Joe fucking Rogan. We know who Joe Rogan is. But the point remains that if you're healthy and you're young and you don't get vaccinated, you're not hurting anybody. This is not a controversial issue. You are fine. Now, could you spread it? Yeah, sure. You could. But it seems like the people that need to be inoculated from this thing are the ones that are getting it that feel enough so that their health would be detrimental if they didn't get it. So they are motivated to go get this vaccine. The people who want it, it is available to them. I don't think that we need to make a big deal about the community respect or you know how we're all in this together and everyone needs to get vaccinated for the, for the good of, of everybody. It's like, yeah, okay. I I like the sentiment there, but it seems that the people who need it have gotten it or it is available to them. And if they don't get it, then it is at their own detriment. And the people who have very low statistical risk for getting sick for this thing, if they don't want to get it, then cool. Um, but I'm with you, man. Uh, I think we, and, we, and we've and we seen it in, in Florida. Yeah. No one wears masks, Texas, nobody wears masks. Everything's good. Jacqueline was in North Carolina this weekend. She said, nobody was wearing a mask at the bar at the, and wherever they went. And it was very much freed up. And, uh, I think we're, I think we're ready to start, you know, relaxing just a little bit.
1: Yeah. I live, I live in Illinois and it's, it's very, very still, it's prevalent anywhere you go man and, and i was home in ohio a few uh months ago and and i went to a gym there with my buddy and a single person isn't wearing a mask and he says they haven't been since i think it was like may of last year or june of last year and the, they, they, that's just no worries and i don't think that the data shows that their stats are much higher than our stats you know what i mean and and they've been doing it through every through over like a year now, you know? And it's, it's, it's like, especially now when when there is, there are so many ways to go and get this thing. If you're really someone who needs it. Uh, and and I also do want to say like, this isn't to belittle anyone whose family or or anyone, you know, may have gotten it and passed away. Like, like, I'm very sorry. Like this is, this is a serious thing and it, it should have been taken seriously. And I'm, and I'm glad it was. Um, but at this point, it almost feels like the fear of a few are controlling all of us, and we're at a point now. I think, um, where we we need to like come out of this and get back to life as it was in some regards. Um, you know, once properly protected with this vaccine, and you know, perhaps maybe places like grocery stores or things like that where people all need to go should remain with these guidelines in place. Wearing a mask isn't the hardest thing to do. I I, I can agree with that, uh, but there's some things like going to gyms and going to all these other places. Like, you assume some kind of like some kind of response. Like, you are responsible for yourself in those situations. If you're scared of getting COVID. Probably don't go to the gym. Probably don't go to concerts. Don't go to all these these places where you'd probably yes, you have a statistically higher chance of getting it. But that doesn't mean that everyone can't go and enjoy these things and live their lives because this group of people are scared. And, and now, at home, to me, it almost feels like the government's like pushing this to see how long it can go in some areas. Like how long can we like test these people or push these people before? We have to do this, you know, yeah, like,
0: it's, it's ridiculous, particularly in places like gyms. Um, yeah. Oh yeah. Like I, I remember when I, when I got to college and, and when I was playing football, there were signs up in the weight room, in the locker room that were warning us about MRSA. Are you familiar with MRSA?
1: Like uh, like ringworm staph infection?
0: I forget. I think that's what it is. Yeah. yeah. It's some sort of bacterial infection. Yeah. Yeah. Staph infection. Yeah. And it's nasty. It's really, really bad. But people had gotten it, and there was a chance you could get it if you didn't take sanitary measures. And so, yeah, you have to assume that you're going to a place where people are excreting bodily fluids everywhere. That's never been different. Right. And to expect somebody to go and wear a mask, like, jeez, you're, you're out of your mind, man! Like, like, nah, no, no, S- stop it, just stop it. You're playing you're playing around with all these controls or so, I mean, isn't it, here's what I think what really frustrates so many people is that we have this disease that we, like you just said, we both know how serious it is, Mm -hmm. but there are no standard. There are no standard practices within like county limits, not even state to state, not even, you know, West coast, East coast, South North. Mm -hmm. It's like the city over, could have a regulation that allows you to eat dinner outside, but this city doesn't for one reason or another. Yeah. All these County and state health officials who are not elected to their positions are making a ton of choices that are all arbitrary. And I think everybody has had enough. And I think the message is loud and clear that we want to be able to assume our own risk and not be shamed in that. We're not taking every, everybody else's deepest fear into account when we decide to go about our day to day for a disease that, w- or for a virus that we know too much about.
1: Or yeah. And the ability to get answers like Jim Jordan, uh, the representative from Ohio was pushing Fauci recently in an interview and, and oh, kind of, him. yeah, he was kind of saying what I was saying. Like it almost seems like theater. Like you, we went out, we got these vaccines. we We did our part. We wore these masks for over a year. Why? Why are we still wearing the mask? And if we are wearing the mask still, what is a realistic timeline? And like, what does it look like to get to the course of living life again? And he he gives him no answers. Well, no he solid was trying answers. To, he was
0: trying to ask him why you would why you would wear a mask if you were vaccinated. Yeah. Somebody. Somebody like Dr. Fauci, whose only job is to make sure that the least amount of people get sick and die from this because he's been put in the face of it. He's not going to sit there and tell Congress that, yeah, you cannot wear a mask, right? He's not going to give them that opportunity. But the reason he's not going to give them the opportunity is the same reason that he didn't at first when this was all going down, tell people that they needed to wear a mask Mm -hmm. because he is trying to manipulate the public and he feels that's the best way to get what he wants to have done accomplished. The reason they didn't tell anybody to put the mask on during the beginning of this is because they didn't have enough. So instead of saying, Hey, I'm going to trust everybody to not be assholes. And I'm going to tell you right now, we don't have the masks, but they probably should be worn. So Mm -hmm. if you have one, wear it. If you don't, please keep in mind that we are short and are a bunch of people going to run and clean out the, the, the stores? Yeah, probably. Yes. Because we're irrational, particularly in an emergency. But that doesn't give anybody carte blanche to go ahead and lie to people in an attempt to manipulate them to do what you want them to do. And it hasn't stopped. Right. Because he's unwilling to say, if you're vaccinated, you don't need to wear a mask, which is 100% true. But, but he knows what that message is going to do to the public. And so he's, he's unwilling to take that step. And I mean, as far as I'm concerned that's the person that we should take cues from the less, the least.
1: Yeah. And, and the whole thing is, well, you could still spread it. It's like, well, you could hop behind the wheel of a car and kill someone. You could do, you, there's so many unknowns. If you don't have hard data, like why are, are our lives controlled on a day to day basis off coulds?
0: Yeah. I mean, you certainly have to assume some sort of risk in every day in almost every situation. So, um, yeah. you know, if, if it's just a, something that's in our minds constantly, I think we can be emotionally irrational about that situation. But, Um, in any case, you know, you have to hold that truth in one hand. And then, and the other truth is that right now, the world, the part of the world that isn't available to get these vaccines is not doing good. And it's still very real in those parts of the world. And so, um, it's, it's a tough thing. Uh, it's a tough thing to, to kind
1: of reconcile, uh, on, on both ends, but switching gears here. I've got some good news actually. Yeah, let's hear it. Um, so German prosecutors announced Monday that they have busted one of the world's biggest international darknet platforms for child pornography that was used by over 400,000 registered members.
0: I thought you said you had good news.
1: Well, they busted him. These fucking sick fucks. These are and these are four hundred thousand people that register. There's still po- pe- people using this platform, but these are people like, oh, I'll give you my email and sign up. I'd love to have a login so I can save my videos. So, so it's a so it's a,
0: a it's a site that like had kitty porn on it mixed in with it, or is like a exclusively like you're going here to look at naked children.
1: So I don't frequent the site, but the name of the site was called Boys Town. And it oh, looks geez. like that's what it was aimed at. Thinly veiled um, message there. Yeah. Jesus Christ. Uh, so they, they nailed these guys, it sounds like, in mid-April, uh, but they're just kind of releasing the information now. Um, basically, the authorities said the platform was one of the world's biggest child pornography darknet platforms and had been active... at since about 2019 and pedophiles around the world used it to exchange and watch pornography of children toddlers uh, most of them boys from all over the world they had tools to translate so you could talk to other pedophiles from around the world you know no no problems uh it sounds like the way they circumvented being found sooner was that instead of like a youtube where you search a video and it's right there these videos were going around in chat forums so that's how they were able to kind of continue to stay under the radar and and do the things that they were doing back and forth in this pedophile community of terrible, awful people. Uh, So it looks like they finally got busted months in cooperation with Europol. Yeah, Europol and law enforcement Mm -hmm. authorities from the Netherlands, Sweden, Australia, United States, and Canada all came together for this and busted these people. Uh, They have three main suspects who they haven't released their names yet. Uh, 40 year old, a 40-year-old, a 49-year-old from Munich, and a 58-year-old man from northern Germany who had been living in Paraguay. And they even got Paraguay to extradite him to Germany so he could be tried. Um, so they, wow. all these, these, they all came together. And uh, the since the raid happened in mid-April, the platform has been shut down, and these guys are hopefully going to jail for the rest of their lives.
0: Yeah, I mean, I'd like to see uh, all 400,000 of those people uh, you know, brought to account yeah. <laughs> I I always get super thrown off when I hear stories like this, because it's universal that children are untouchable. Sure. Even to the people who have this fetish. So it's not something that you can ever publicly announce or say or even tell somebody in private, somebody that you trust. Right. That's I mean, it's a not only is it taboo and shameful, but it's it's disturbing and it will certainly lose, ha- cause people to lose respect for you. Mm-hmm. So it always boggles my mind when I see how many people are just lurking out there in the shadows.
1: Yeah. And, and waiting on these opportunities. How many people would register, <laughs> not just use the platform, but sign up for the platform and have their data track.
0: Take the step to, yeah. Yeah, man. It's um,
1: disgusting.
0: It is. And, and just by the nature of the problem, it's hard to you know it, it it's hard to get ahead of it's hard to say that you you want to like stop this before it happens, and then you know maybe that's where you get guys like Chris Hansen involved yeah. um, and why i don't necessarily mind setting a trap for somebody who would have done a, a, something heinous to a kid and catching him before they had the opportunity to do so, yeah, but all you can do is litigate after the fact, right so all these people who were on this site just were cut off from one source and you know, maybe some of them will look inward and try and change what they got going on.
1: I think they're too far gone.
0: It it seems to me the older I get that this is a mainstream issue that will never be in the mainstream because it can't because you know, I, I know you and I trust you. I have no reason to believe that you're a pedophile. But the person that you find out is a pedophile, you'd never have a reason to believe because they would never give you a reason unless you're like blatantly you know, just doing weird shit to kids like you're Joe Biden. But, you know. <laughs> did you see that video, dude? Yeah, man. What a weirdo. I don't know if that's if that's his grandkid or something, then I, I don't have room to talk. Lo- you know, love is love
1: and, you know, show affection however you want. I don't know. If my grandpa did that to me, I probably wouldn't think it was weird. But it's weird. It's weird. It was weird when Tom Brady did it. It's it's weird when Joe Biden did it. It's weird. Yes, I don't weird. care who you are. You don't it's tongue your kid. Weird. Yeah, that's just weird. Laying down.
0: Anyway. Um, but it's not a, a mainstream issue that we'll ever see brought to the mainstream and treated as a serious issue because it's always going to be taboo. There's never going to be any leniency for anybody who shows
1: this type of behavior, which is probably correct. I also do think though that there a reason you might not see it really addressed though is because there's a bigger, there is like a bigger ring of, you know, you can look into your Jeffrey Epstein's and all this shit going on with Hollywood. And you, you see people like Chris Cornell, Anthony Bourdain, Chester Bennington, all these guys that were had histories of, of, of being molested or, or just fought for the cause of this child pornography, child molestation, and they're getting taken out. So like, there is something supposedly committing suicides um, as they're working on documentaries together to, uh, address this situation. So I think there is something much bigger at play here I think this is a much bigger network than we even know of uh, and I, I kind of think that that's why I won ever I, I'm glad to see steps like this taken. this is amazing, but I, I think there's a bigger thing going on here
0: I mean, maybe I would listen to that. But I mean To me when I hear that all I hear is like, okay Once you get rich and famous, then you start liking kids or maybe you have access to younger women if you're a dude and that just turns you on um, mm-hmm. but it seems to me that it's a little, I, I, I think it's a little bit more of a ingrained issue because it spans everything, right? I mean, it doesn't just span the rich and famous. It spans everywhere. You find sure. it yeah. everywhere for sure. And I think just because ch- children are vulnerable Right, like the the reason that people who are molested end up molesting is because you like now you have an understanding on how to hurt somebody and you've been hurt.
1: A yeah, a lot of them. Thing. It's happened to them.
0: Right. Yeah. And so, like, there's that perpetuation of that cycle. Mm. But I also do believe that like there are degenerations in people's head where that leads them to the path of wanting to be. Either to to be intimate with a child because they're they like that that's their thing, or they have something else in their head where they like the power of it, or whatever it mm-hmm. is, they choose the most vulnerable of us. So to me, it's like a like it's just such a giant issue, and and maybe because the people who we've seen at like the highest levels of power be involved or at least implicated in things like this. Like what's worse than abusing a kid? Like, really, like honestly, like you could think of different crimes, but I think collectively, if you would ask somebody, what's the worst thing you could
1: do, and it's like yeah, you could take advantage of a child, and and those are the guys that when they get they go to jail, they get beat up by all these other guys that are there for murder and theft and all these other crimes. Those, those, that's the one crime that all those guys can can collectively agree on to usually like kill and beat the shit out of these people because yeah. they're terrible people. They're terrible humans.
0: What a crazy whirlwind of uh, of the general public collectively agreeing that that is the worst thing you can do. Yeah. And then a large swath of the public having the urge to do it at regardless of what level of power they're in or fame or what have you. So while this is probably correct, it doesn't solve this issue at all. It just punishes it after the fact so right. I don't know man the more I think about stories like this it just I I, I, I want the conversation to expand f- forward on how do we allow this to decrease in number a lot of people have talked about treating pedophilia as though it's a mental health disease and showing a little bit of compassion for it and I'm not opposed to an idea like that, but you find, you find me somebody who's going to, I don't know. It would have to be something that's brought up before somebody decides to act on those urges because I can't, I can't find a scenario. You, you'd have to be a real strong person. to Look somebody now who's abused a kid and say, Hey, I'm going to help you. Sure.
1: Yeah. Or even agree that they deserve help. Yeah. I, I don't know how you fix that problem. I mean, there is something mentally wrong with those people. I don't know if it's a mental sickness that can be rehabilitated. I would guess no. Um, but I don't know how you fix the problem other than maybe you take these, these punishments for these people and you up them big time. Like I, Maybe there'd be a lot less pedophiles in the world if you've executed pedophiles. You know, Just for instance. I, I'm not maybe saying we should do that, but if the crimes were harder and it was more of a scary thing to do, Yes, you have the taboo of what's wrong, so it turns me on more. Blah blah blah. Like you have those people, but I think like the casual pedophile, if that's a thing, maybe would be less inclined. Maybe I don't. I, I can't yeah, think maybe, of anything else that would fix it.
0: But there's, I think there's so much shame involved in it, in being that person anyway. That yeah. I mean, I don't know. Is is capital punishment going to dissuade you to to do it if you were going to do it for whatever reasons? Beyond that, I mean, I gotta imagine you know you're taking a step, you're crossing a line you cannot uncross when you do something like that. Absolutely. So, anyway, that's disgusting. I'm glad that those that site got busted, and I'm glad those guys are gonna be tried. And
1: yeah, they're going after users too. First one they're going for is a 64 year old man who had over 3,500 posts. Mm. So, it is, I'm glad to see they're attacking the users as well because it's just, it's all disgusting.
0: Yes, it is, sir. Well, We should end on a happy note. We should, (laughs) yes. And we will. Um, I'm going to bring you a story about a a gentleman by the name of Dustin Vitale. Okay. So last year, Dustin Vitale's mother, um, Gloria Walker, was diagnosed with bladder cancer, late stage bladder cancer. So Mm. her son said, all right, you now have a clock and it's ticking. And we know that there's not much time on it. Sure. And if there's one thing in the world you can do, what would it be? And so she told him immediately, I want to see the pyramids. Ever since I was a little girl, I wanted to see them. I've never been able to go. And her husband was like, I can take you. And she said, no, I, I want the whole family to go. I, I, I don't want to go with just you. I want to go with everybody. And the whole family is like 14 people. It's a giant family. Sure. So he, this kid, Dustin is a, is a uh, a kid. He's a grown man. He's a middle school teacher in Philadelphia. And he knew that just working in a school, he's never gonna be able to afford this, this trip. So he started a campaign on his Instagram where he said, Hey, I'm going to start slinging Philly cheesesteaks out of my house. I'm doing it to raise money for this cost. It would be really cool if uh, you know, we could get some support. And, uh, he said almost immediately that car started double parking outside his house. Nice. People he never met started showing him at his front door. Um, nice. and in one of the first days they were doing this, they did 94 cheesesteaks and, uh, a food truck operator reached out, offered his, his truck for, for him. And in six weeks, Dustin raised $18,000. Wow! Uh, for his family to go to Egypt, and uh, of course they're overwhelmed by love and the outpouring of support in his community, and
1: just a really cool story, man. Makes me feel warm inside, man. That's you amazing. love to see it. Yeah, I love that. You really do. Yes, and good for the Philadelphia community for stepping up, man. That's that's huge.
0: Hell yeah! 18 grand in six weeks. Yeah, that's same. giant, man. City of brotherly love. That's giant.
1: Love it. Yes. All right. Well, we're up against it. That is our show for the day. As always, if you have any questions, comments, concerns, just uh, shoot us an email right over to bummerdude.media at gmail.com. We'll be sure to uh, answer you back. We'd love to like kinda field some questions or like any any th- comments you might have on like something we said. If you disagree, let us know. Let's let's talk about it. We'll bring up your point and, and kind of dig into it a little deeper. Um, but yeah, with that said, we will see you guys later this week. Bye.